Club Podcast. On this episode, the full team for a full preview of what Jaguar events you can be getting along to in 2023. JECpodcast.com Hello and welcome to this Jaguar Enthusiast Club podcast where I am joined by a full team from the JC offices, from the regions across the country, from all elements of the team that puts on events basically within the Jaguar Enthusiast Club here in the UK. So we're going to have a bit of a preview of what 2023 has in store. Now I know we're already in February of 2023 but it's kind of winter, you know, we don't need to worry about what's already happened. What's ahead is important and it's exciting year to look forward to as well so welcoming the full team hello to colin porter he'll be here talking about track sport in just a moment hey colin hi wayne uh, we've also got richard west of course he's like the top dog he's the chairman of the events committee hi richard wayne how are you good to talk to you again great thanks uh we've got andy weber of course the man on the ground when it comes to events hello everybody <laughs> and, uh, General Manager of the Jaguar Enthusiast Club, James Blackwell. Hello, how you all doing? Wow, sounding very echoey there, James. We'll take him out of the fridge in a moment. Uh, but two new people to the JEC podcast that we haven't met before. Uh, firstly, Ian Newman, who runs the regions for the JEC. Hello, Ian. Hello there, nice to be here. Welcome Thank to the for podcast for your debut, Ian. Uh, great to have you along and uh, just explain a little bit about what you do well it's all connected with the regions who are it's often said the backbone of the jaguar enthusiast club who provide a wide range of activities and events for members across not just the uk but across the globe as well because we have regions in the uk we have regions in a variety of different other countries as well and it's really just ensuring that we provide the best possible support for our regions as well as providing the best possible support for our members who are getting involved at a regional level. Brill, looking forward to hearing about what the regions have got planned for 2023. And another newbie to the podcast, Rianne. Hi, Rianne. Hello, Wayne. How you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm good. I'm excellent to have you on the uh, the podcast. And you're sat in the, the Bristol offices where uh, you, you naturally reside, uh, looking after all things JEC. So talk us through your average day, Rianne. So it's where all the magic happens, Wayne. <laughs> of course. Um, <laughs> indeed. Um, so main role is looking after the office, looking after the staff in the office, answering all of our members' queries, whether that be on an email, on a phone call, um, and yeah, planning our events and planning where we're going to be for the for the year. Often, if you ring the Jaguar Enthusiast Club on our phone number that can be found at the website address, jc.org.uk, uh, Rianne will be the person that you will talk to first. That's quite often the case, isn't it, Rianne? It is, yes. Either myself or we got Carolyn and we've got Jerry as well. So, uh, so yeah. And they're a friendly team, as you'll find out. Give them a ring, have a chat, you know. I know members are never shy about ringing up and having a chat with Rianne, uh, which is great stuff. Uh, you can find all the contact details, as I say, on the website. So that's the full team. So what's ahead for 2023? Well, of course, we had him on a podcast very recently. He is no stranger to these parts. It is Richard West, of course. And you are the chairman of the events committee, Richard. Uh, you look after all of the planning and the strategy behind the events and... I think it's safe to say we've got a pretty packed calendar given the fact that there are quite a lot of pressures and challenges on us in the world in 2023. 
Yeah, indeed, Wayne. Um, you know, a big shout must go out to the team down at Bristol because it is a small team and I'm lucky enough to work with them all. Um, some of them are a little bit subdued and quiet today on your podcast, but they'll loosen up as we go along. That team is charged with this year 19 events starting in February and ending in November. And of course, the, the mark of a truly a truly good event is the fact that it happens. It it performs to perfection and everybody who attend has, attends has absolutely no idea that like the swan who you know is gracefully going across the water lots of people are paddling away under the surface to keep it going and that's exactly what we do and uh, in planning those events as Rianne said and Ian Newman just referred to the regions we rely very heavily of course on a lot of the volunteers and the regional volunteers Vista Heritage was a great example with the Oxfordshire region. When we, you know, we go up into Yorkshire, we rely on everybody that we can there. And just coordinating all those people and making sure that we don't overlook anybody's contribution and say a proper thank you is very important. So it's very time consuming, but we do have a very, very exciting range of events, shows, track sport, a whole range of things and young people's products as well in terms of the kickoff event this year, which I'm sure you'll talk a bit about, and also our Young Enthusiast Day at Vista, where we have young people come along and drive some of the most beautiful Jaguars in the world. So a packed year, as you rightfully say. Well, I think they can be grouped into sort of five areas, and that is the the tours and trips abroad that we discussed with Kieran Lyne uh, just uh, a, a couple of episodes ago here on the JC podcast. That was a really good look forward to some of the tours you can get involved with here with the club. Uh, they're all available to book, by the way, still via jcclubtours.co.uk. Uh, so do go and listen to uh, episode 79 to find out more about those tours. But also uh, then... We've got the the four others that we're going to talk about on this episode. Young enthusiasts, as Richard said, at the big national events and no Summer Jaguar Festival this year in the same format. And we'll find out why in just a moment. Uh, we've got track sport and we've got Colin here to talk about the track sport programme for this year. Now fully insured also, which is uh, a point we can raise. And of course, those regional events that Ian mentioned. But let me pinch a question then, Richard, from the AGM that we were on just a, a week or so ago. Uh, why no Summer Jaguar Festival this year in name? And what's to look forward to? Give us a, a kind of a view of the future of the Summer Jaguar Festival format. I think the important thing, Wayne, is, as all of us know, because it's never out of the news, and in many cases, it's far too quickly out of our pockets. Um, unless one is in the very privileged end of the market, everybody is having to review very carefully how and where they spend their money. And when we sat down with the uh, events committee that meets on average about every 10 weeks, we had a very lively discussion about should we run another Jaguar Festival, as you rightfully say, a gentleman asked that question at the AGM. Why, why was, I think it was actually Jim Mann from Scotland who asked the question. Jim said, why aren't we doing a summer festival at Vista Heritage this year? And my answer is very simple. You know, after much deliberation, what we've looked for this year is a number of events uh, where we're, we're certainly highlighting simply Jaguar at Bewley. That really is our focal event for the year because your entry ticket there not only buys you access to it, and we can expect, I believe, possibly somewhere around 11, 1,200 Jaguars there this year, it buys you into Bewley with all of its other attractions as well, and therefore mindful of spend, what we've tried to do is provide a range of events where people can attend and actually enjoy themselves, but not have to go out and spend too much money. The other thing, of course, and, and this is something we looked at very carefully, and Andy Weber's very aware of this one. When you put on a summer festival, 
you do spend an inordinately large amount of money with external suppliers and contractors in order to put that day together. And as a club for the members, we rightfully look after as much as we can the funds that the members contribute through their membership fees. And we just genuinely felt that if we offered more events in the year with a greater geographical location, it would also enable us not to go out and have to spend these large sums of money with external contractors who provide toilets and big screen TVs and catering units and all the other stuff that we provide, uh, because that money can be used in other ways to support the club and the membership. And what we've ended up with is this great range of events that spread right the way pretty much around the country uh, where we can offer, I think, exceptional value to money for our members and their friends and guests that they may wish to bring along on the day. And of course, not having those overhead costs basically translates to having a relatively cheaper entry ticket for members to go and enjoy the Jaguar at one of these events. And, you know, I think it's one of the, the problems that all events are seeing that uh, given the, the, the rising costs of putting things on infrastructure, power and all the rest of it, every time you come to the uh, point at which you can decide on your ticket price. And of course, a reminder that the events within the Jaguar Enthusiast Club don't really make a profit they're there to break even um there's a big sucking of teeth as you suddenly realize just how much tickets have to be uh, to make sure that the club doesn't make a big loss so um yeah it's a challenge facing all events managers and events people at the moment it's one that the jc has dealt with though by giving you a fantastically big event at bewley now if you've never been to bewley before it's in the heart of the new forest national park kind of close to southampton then Bournemouth, Winchester, Salisbury, Portsmouth kind of catchment area on the south coast there. Uh, really easy to get to, really, uh, from most parts of the country. Uh, fair enough, it's a long way if you're up in Scotland, but it's worth the trip because uh, there is the National Collection. It is the National Motor Museum for the UK and loads of amazing vehicles on display there. There's all sorts of stuff for the family, for the kids to see. Uh, it's a fantastic day out on its own and then add in over a thousand Jaguars into the mix as well and I think it's going to be a pretty memorable day. So Andy, you've been talking a lot to the guys down at Bewley to put this show on. It's called Simply Jaguar. They've run it before but we've come in to make it even bigger and better than before. So give us an outline of what we can expect. Yes, Wayne. Yeah, um, myself and uh, and Richard went down to Bewley to the Simply Jaguar event uh, last year, and actually realised just how big an event uh, it was, and what we could bring to the party, which was many, many more Jags. Uh, brought some memories back for me because actually my first uh, JC National Day, um, I think, was at Bewley, and I think it was 2012 or 2013. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I I remember how excited I was uh, to be in a in a field full of Jags uh, at that point. And it's a, it is a different audience, I think, at um, at Beauty. Myself and Richard West spent a bit of time looking at the uh, fantastic array of F types that turned up. Um, and of course, like you said, you've got the museum, the monorail, and the Beauty Estate as well. Uh, so it just was a, a really good fit for us to to do the event um, as part of Simply Jaguar uh, in association with Beauty. And they're very easy people to work with. We will have a large presence there. I'm really looking forward to it, to be honest with you. 
Well, apart from the cars, as I mentioned, loads of stuff for the family to see. Uh, if you're a family that is a Top Gear mad family, as uh, most of us are, let's be honest, the world of Top Gear is at Bewley. So you can go around and you can see all of those mad vehicles that they had. There's James May's Triumph Herald boat in there. Uh, there's the shuttle that they launched in the middle of the moors and crashed several times in there. There's the indestructible uh, Jeep and everything else. All of those familiar uh, vehicles that you saw on the Top Gear shows over those years are all at Bewley. Uh, also, they've got an adventure playground there. There's the house and the gardens to look around. There's the mill pond walk that they've got there as well. Loads of amazing things. There's a monorail you can have a ride on. Uh, for those of the members of the family that perhaps aren't kids but aren't into cars either, there's an amazing art gallery there. Um, uh, and it was the UK's first dedicated Soviet Russian art gallery, actually, at Bewley. So quite an interesting thing to look through. Uh, there's uh, all of the military exhibition stuff there as well. And, of course, the Palace House and the Gardens. And then I've not even spoken about the National Motor Museum, which houses that huge collection, uh, including, as I mentioned, those Top Gear cars and a whole load of on-screen cars as well. Chitty Chitty Bang Bang is there, if, you, if you're a fan of uh, of that car, and loads of others from the, uh, from the silver screen, basically. So loads to see at Bewley. And as Andy outlined there, it's a huge Jaguar event already. We're coming along to to bring something extra to it. And a lot of our trade and sponsors and partners have come along to support it as well, haven't they, Andy? Yes, yeah. We're talking now to our, our primary sponsors uh, with a view to getting them across, which will be great. Uh, we're going to have an area um, in the arena at uh, Bewley and celebrate um, a couple of important anniversaries as well. Uh, one of those being the 75th anniversary of Jaguar sports cars, starting with the XKs. Um, so we're going to have them there as well. And obviously cars from the Jaguar Daimler Heritage Trust uh, will be along. So plenty to see. Uh, a lot of planning that needs to be done now. Uh, like you said, uh, or like Richard said, a lot of work goes on in the, in the background, which is what I'm doing now. Simply Jaguar, 25th of June is the date that we haven't mentioned so far yet. 25th of June, 2023, and you have to book. Buy your tickets online, really easy to do that. You can go via the Bewley website at bewley.co.uk, but you'll probably spell it wrong, so probably best to go via the JEC website, jec.org.uk. Click the events button there, look at the events calendar, and you'll find that listed there. Simply Jaguar at Bewley on the 25th of June. You can get your tickets really easily online. You buy them through the Bewley website. That link from our website takes you there. You get a taster of what's on offer. And there's early bird rates available at the moment as well. But be quick, they end at the end of this month. The 28th of February 2023 is the last of the early bird date. So that brings your ticket price down to 14 quid a head for an adult to get access to all of that stuff. So really worth doing that. Simply Jaguar at Bewley, the big event of the summer for the JEC this year. Very much looking forward to that. Wayne, I'm, I think it's worth saying that in addition to uh, the horsepower that Andy might or might not have uh, seen on his way back, uh, there is going to be a huge amount of horsepower there. The opportunity is also there for regions to go and park together so a number of regions have already taken part at the Simply Jaguar at Bewley events and can park together. And what we're hoping for this year is to get a, a large number of regions. You can park together and be with your friends and enjoy the experience. So that's a, another aspect of it as well. 
Well reminded, Ian, because I know this is very important to some of our regional people. Uh, I know this is very important to some of them that come in big groups. And at Newby Hall, I noticed that there's a potential for perhaps something like an award, perhaps, that we should give out during this event for the best picnic setup. Because I'm not kidding, one of the regions at Newby Hall at the Summer Jaguar Festival last year literally turned up with a banquet table in the middle of the field, tablecloth and everything, flowers on the table... <laughs> full display and sat there and had a three-course lunch it was most impressive so maybe you can outdo them <laughs> is this an opportunity for you to do some food tasting wayne i think obviously you'll only win if you invite me for lunch as well i didn't i didn't <laughs> add that at the end uh, yeah nice one i think i want to um i want to go with uh, colin porter if that's going to be the case because uh I've, I've sampled his food before at the uh, the race and uh, a couple of things so colin please put on a three-course meal for simply jaguar please uh, table for one <laughs> Full, full banquet style. I, I, I remember seeing some of these setups at, at Le Mans before, and actually somebody had a candelabra on their table. So, you know, if you want to, if you want to top that, then uh, you've got something to do. Well, we jest, but you seriously are like the swallows racing team uh, head chef, aren't you? Basically, and you turn it with like some kind of big half barrel barbecue and, and cook for the whole team in the paddock, don't you, Colin? Yeah, bre breakfast, lunch, and dinner, Wayne, um, for, for the whole weekend. And uh, you know, if anybody's coming along to the racing, then then you're welcome to come and partake. You know, uh, we we do a bit of hospitality, and, and we enjoy people um, coming and joining us. Colin Porter is your man for bacon butties at uh, some ungodly hour in the paddock at a race circuit. And uh, he's also the man for track sport, of course, which we'll talk about in just a moment. A full calendar of events at some amazing circuits to look forward to in 2023. Uh, but continuing with the rest of our national events, uh, James, the Motorist up north. This is a lovely venue that I've been to before. Uh, it's quite a small venue, ideal for kind of a breakfast meaty type thing, but it is lovely. Uh, the well-appointed nice cafe in there so tell us what's the what's the plan at the motorist for this year and when yeah so it was uh, it was nice actually we i contacted the motorist uh sort of late last year to to see what their plans were for the year and if they had a jaguar day planned and they did they came back with a with a date uh the 15th of uh, of april it is and um it was just very nice fit you know again similar to to Bewley, it's a Jaguar-focused day, so it's going to pull people from from the surrounding area and a bit further, whether they're, they're a member of the the, uh, the Jaguar enthusiasts or not. Um, but the real bonus I love about this one is it, it's a free to attend. All you need to do is is register to give us an idea of numbers that are going to attend on the day. Um, and then, yeah, it's a really sort of it's a nice breakfast meat style approach to it. Really, it's the the venue is gorgeous. They've got a lovely cafe and uh, and, and coffee area, but. If you want to go a bit more at market and uh, and really sort of, you know, go for it, they've got the ability to do that. But as you'll see, if you go onto their website, they've got nice, they've got a real nice layout, and they can take uh, up to nine hundred cars. They reckon that they can park, and there's some fabulous photos of uh, of Jaguars that have been there in the past, and uh, it looks great. And it's just a nice. The thing I like about these style events, it's just a nice informal way of coming along and parking your car and walking around with a coffee, having a natter and just seeing what turns up because there's no sort of structure to it. You know, you can have an XK120 part next to my little sort of slightly beaten up uh, XF next to an XKA, it, it, you know, so you get a real variety of what's on show. And it's sort of come in, spend a few hours and then, uh, you know, off your job and go and enjoy the rest of your day with your family. So it's, uh, it's nice and big as Saturday as well. 
it's you know it's a really nice one you bring the family again there's, there's going to be loads of people to see and uh and yeah and it's just i need to reiterate it's a free event to come and attend it's just going to cost you coffee and fuel what more could you want Things I love about the motorist, I love the fact that it's all exposed oak beams in the building there. It feels like you're in some kind of rustic barn or something. I also love the fact that uh, if you go up into the, like, the conference area upstairs, their floor is like a kind of a mock concrete floor, and they've designed it with tyre skid marks all over it, so it looks like someone's been doing donuts in the middle of the conference room. You see, here is a venue that understands petrol heads, and uh, <laughs> they also name their cafe the Arnage. Uh, for us Le Mans fans, we'll know what that means and uh, why you should always have a cafe named the Arnage. And you can actually have your wedding at the motorist, can't you? Wow, I never knew that. In fairness, yes, yeah, licensed venue. It sounds like they were inspired by that TV program where, like, the bloke gets to choose all the stuff for the wedding, and the the poor wife to be oh. has to suffer some ridiculous idea or something. You know. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's, it is a really unique venue, actually. And be, um, what it allowed us to do, actually, was when we looked at the calendar, it, it gave us a really good venue which could take a lot of cars for, for not much setup. You know, it's all about, I want to say, controlling, it's all about controlling our costs and making sure we're not doing something too stupid. We can just turn up, we can take the van in the shop and uh, a few bits, whack up some flags, get as many of our people there. And actually, it just it keeps the cost down. But it's a it's a nice venue towards the north end of, of England, which, um, you know, gives us a different audience that we can appeal to. And then when you, you know, we compare that with some of the other events we're going to do around the Midlands and then obviously Simply Jaguar down south. I mean, to be able to, to really cover the length and breadth of the country, um, which you're kind of restricted to if you do a summer Jaguar festival and you, you really put all your eggs in one basket there. You've got to be really mindful of where you go and what location you choose. Well, doing it this way has allowed us to sort of stretch our legs a bit more and, and really get out across the country. Well, it's in Sherbet and Elbit, which is uh, between Leeds and York, near Tadcaster. And for those of you amongst us who are a bit cool, uh, it's literally within spitting distance of where the Leeds Music Festival takes place. So uh, right by the A1 there as you head up north towards Weatherby. So uh, easy to find, easy to get to. Nice roads around there as well if you fancy a trip around the Dales afterwards. What's the date, James, and how do we book? Uh, yeah, it's the 15th of April, uh, which is a Saturday. And um, yeah, you just go to our website, jc.org.uk go to events you'll see the motorist advertised there click on that and you'll see a link where you can just register your interest excellent looking forward to it the motorist it is at jc.org.uk what was the date again james two more events to mention on my list jagfest andy what's all this about so Jagfest was uh, started last year by the Central West Midlands regions and specifically Matt Jennings, uh, supported by Jeff Johnson. And it, it worked out brilliantly for them. They had about 400 cars um, just based at Wolverhampton Airport, which is half Penny Airport um, in Swapshire. And as it worked out brilliantly for them and we could accommodate it um, with, within the, the various dates that we had, we wanted to go along. Um, so we are going along to Jagfest. Um, there's going to be many, many more cars there. I know Matt's got a lot of plans. So watch this space on that one. And the dates Thanks. for that one, Andy? So date is the 20th of May. It's on our website. And tickets can be bought now via Eventbrite. Um, and there's a link on our website. 
jc.org.uk click on the events tab there and under 20th of may they're all in date order by the way you'll find that reference there to jagfest click through and it will serve up the uh, eventbrite link that you can buy your tickets to online very easy to get your tickets through eventbrite it's just a simple online transaction and you're booked in ready to go for a show in the black country near wolverhampton as andy describes on the 20th of may uh, run by a region that but by, uh, but supported centrally by the uh, the jc uh, nationally as it were um as is bromley which is way down there in kent so making sure that the uh, the southern jc regions are looked after with an event in their part of the world and the bromley pageant used to be a massive event andy didn't it uh, and it kind of sort of dwindled away over the years this sounds like it's had something of a resurgence yeah, there's there's new people uh, running it now. Uh, Pippa and Jason, who um, who the club know well, um, I always see them at the NEC and have a great chat with them. And they told me uh, a couple of years ago that they were rejuvenating uh, the Bromley pageant, the motoring as it's called. Um, and it's it you know at one point it was one of the UK's biggest biggest uh, car shows. So um, I put it on the agenda with the events committee, and, and everyone decided yes, it's it's one that we've not been to um, before as a club. So uh, let's let's go and, uh, and and welcome all our all our members from kind of the uh, the southeast. Brilliant Bromley Pageant of Motoring, eleventh of June, twenty twenty three, which is of course the same weekend as the centenary event at Le Mans of the twenty four hour race. So if you're not able to go to that, uh, if you fancy doing a show in Bromley instead, uh, that is taking place on the 11th of June. And I mention Le Mans because, of course, uh, this year marks 100 years since the very first race in 1923. And Richard, uh, we promised to give people an update on the, uh, the agenda for our Le Mans celebrations this year. What news do you have? It's proving to be um, an extremely time-consuming challenge of putting it all together. Um, Andy, myself, Colin Porter were up at JDHT at Gaiden last week in meetings with uh, JDHT's Matthew Davis and also Neil and others there, Maggie, about putting the event together to be able to replicate in many of the ways, as many ways as we possibly can, an event within the Sky Lounge of the British Motor Museum. It's an interesting one because the same weekend uh, out in the car park there, it's the Vintage Truck Festival with literally hundreds of vintage trucks that are going to be parked up for the whole weekend. We're investigating all sorts of things at the moment. It'll be a catered event that will start from 12.30 on the Saturday. Uh, there'll be live television coverage on big screens of the 24-hour race of Le Mans. Um, we have a few people who have already committed to coming to the event from overseas. Uh, Alan Scott from New Zealand, the TWR engine man, has changed his plans to come to the UK and intends to be there. So if you're a V12 fan, there is nobody better to talk to than high output V12 engines. Alan will be there. And what we're trying to do effectively is create the opportunity. If you're unable to go to France, you're unable to go to the centenary event, you can come in. There will be several things we've highlighted in meetings last week. Uh, there is a fantastic archive in the museum there of all things Jaguar. And Maggie is very kindly, who works for JDHT, said that there will be tours of the archives every couple of hours. So you'll be able to go down and see and examine essential documents from the very early days of Jaguar through to some of the racing contracts and other things that are there. There's talk at the moment, Matthew and Neil are trying to arrange it so the actual 
Heritage uh, Maintenance uh, Centre and Collection will be open at certain times throughout the day and night for escorted tours to come and have a look at some of the wonderful cars that are there. And it's our intention to be able to dial into a number of people around the world who have partake, taken in the Le Mans event, some of the previous race winners, the engineers, the team managers. And it's a great way to just come. There'll be a cash bar. There'll be plenty of food on offer throughout. And in the next couple of weeks, once we've topped and tailed it, we'll be putting full information out onto the website and a price for the event. And if you want to stay for the full 30 hours and realise you know only too well, Wayne, what you feel like at the end of 36 <laughs> hours at Mont. But do come along, uh, have a look around the British Motor Museum, come and see some exclusive things that you wouldn't see on any other type of tour, and listen to some people, including myself, who've been fortunate enough to be part of the Jaguar winning teams over the years at Le Mans, and regale you with some of our memories and stories, and maybe a few off-the-record tales as well on the evening and the next morning. We'll go right the way through to the finish of the 24 hours on Sunday. And for those who are strong enough, you're welcome to stay throughout. Or you can just dip in and out of the event and stay locally in one of the hotels that surround the Gaiden area. So a lot more details to come, a huge amount of planning yet to be done. But if you can't make it actually to Le Mans this year, you can do the next best thing and you can come along to the British Motor Museum with the Jaguar Enthusiast Club and the Jaguar Daimler Heritage Trust. Brilliant. Well, it's worth celebrating. If you can't make it to Le Mans, this is second best thing you can be doing, really. And it's worth coming along and joining the party because it is such a pivotal race in Jaguar's history as well. Started in 1923 and it often has a reputation as being a French race run for the British. And it kind of was like that in 1923 when it started as well. It was Bentley who led the charge in 1923, set the pace for the race and unfortunately narrowly missed out on the win when a stone threw up and uh, hit the the headlamp and punctured the fuel tank on the uh, the big Bentley 3 litre uh, that was racing that year with Captain John Duff at the wheel and his co-driver Frank Clement. They set the pace. It was the French vehicles, the two Chaynard Walkers that would take the win in the end with Andre Lagache and René Lénard who took the very first win at Le Mans in 1923. A fantastic story behind how the race all came about. And of course it was back in the days when it was really dark. There was no lighting on any of the corners, any part of the circuit and you can hear from the uh, the problems that Bentley had there it was a really rough surface as well full of rocks and stones it was basically like a track a farm track all the way around it's eight miles but amazingly in 1923 30 of the original starters finished the race that was a record that wasn't equaled again until 1993 which I find is an incredible statistic. So uh, a really great uh, part of Jaguar's history as well, of course, winning it for the first time in 1951 with Peter Walker and Peter Whitehead at the wheel of that C-Type, which was, of course, the racing iteration of the Jaguar XK120. So it celebrates itself 75 years since its launch, uh, just after the Second World War there, when it was a prototype at really deemed to only be there to show off the new xk engine but of course was pushed into production by popular demand so uh, as you can see it's uh, woven into the history of jaguar is le mans and that's why we're celebrating it as richard says during that weekend uh, that is the 10th and 11th of june 
at the British Motor Museum with the help of the Jaguar Daimler Heritage Trust. You can come along, join the party and watch the race within those historic surroundings here in the UK. And it does save you putting up your tent, it saves you queuing for the bar and it also saves you squatting over a hole in the ground, which is, uh, as you know, part of the tradition of Le Mans. So uh, it's much more, uh, much more civilised way of enjoying the race, I reckon, Richard. It, it, do you know what, Rain? Just listening to you there, nobody out there on this podcast would ever believe that you were a Le Mans fan, would they? No, I don't know where they get that idea from. <laughs> no, it'll be it'll be it'll be a great weekend, as I say. There's a lot of planning yet to be done. We've had several detailed meetings on it now, and we're starting to put it all together. And hopefully, we can put a ticket price on it that will make it very special and unique. Because uh, I very much doubt if any of us listening to this podcast or contributing will be here for the for the double centenary, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely. Well, I should take my anorak off now and hang it back up because I've got to be cool and young and hip because now we're talking about the young Jaguar enthusiasts and two key events that they have in the 2023 programme. The first one at Caffeine and Machine. So, uh, James, this was an event that was sort of, I guess, I guess test run last year wasn't it um was quite difficult because uh covid restrictions still sort of loomed over us a bit i couldn't make it because i got covid when this was running last year uh, so tell us all about caffeine and machine and the event that the young enthusiasts have planned here yeah it is i mean yeah we were struggling last year because this they they came with this idea of their club nights so they, they spoke to a number of the big clubs out there and um and wanted to invite them along for an evening at the start of the week, where well, it was a little bit quieter, which allowed them to sort of take some real space. Because if you've never heard of Caffeine Machine, never been to Caffeine Machine, it's it's usually just a really busy place to try and get into. And they're, they're restricted. They only have a certain uh, certain amount of car parking spaces. But it's become quite an iconic venue very quickly, you know, and you really surface on our radar sort of, you know, sort of four or five years ago. But it's turned into sort of a mecca of, uh, of, of sort of, of cool and car, really. And... Uh, it's amazing what turns up at those at that venue, but um, yeah, it was trialled last year. It was a bit of a um, you know, let's see what happens and see if they works. And we were really chuffed actually. We came away and they were they were sort of saying, you know, we've done a few of these now, and you were by far and away the the biggest attendance one that we've ever had. So when the uh, the young enthusiasts got back in touch again to say, you know, we'd love to do it again this year, they, they of course came back straight away and said, yep, love to have you. And um, and that, and so yeah, ninth of February which is a Thursday evening, 5 till 10. Um, you can come along and enjoy that. Um, a nice winter winter meet. Um, but then you get to enjoy, you know, what is becoming a really iconic venue. And uh, again, similar to the motorists I was just talking about, it's just a really nice, relaxed venue to go and see. Go and get yourself a really nice coffee or a, a very nice non-alcoholic beer, as I found out just before Christmas. Um, they do really good food as well, pizzas and burgers and stuff. So it's, it's just, again, a really nice, relaxed place to come and enjoy. Um, I know, uh, speaking to Andy, that the uh, the guys from JDHT and JLR Classic also want to come down. They're quite looking forward to that having that kind of event on their doorstep, which they can come to. It's after work hours. So, yeah, we're looking forward to uh, bringing across some people. I say young enthusiasts, you know, young at heart as well, always welcome, because it's always good to get a really nice mix of Jaguars turning up, which we can all, again, just have a wander around and uh, enjoy looking at. Absolutely. So if you've got slam tyres, darkened windows and uh, a big stereo, bring your Jag. We want to see you. Uh, also, Absolutely. if you are just, uh, just you know, one of one of us who sort of runs around in an XF or an XJ6 or something, come along. Or if you've got a really old car, 
E-types, Mark IIs, XKs, bring it as well. It's a real mix, as James says. Uh, It's not just about uh, Kenwood stereo systems in the back of X300s. There's everyone welcome at Caffeine and Machine, uh, but you've not got long. 9th of February, that's the date. So uh, get your details off events.jec.org.uk or jec.org.uk. That's the website. Just click the events button there. You'll see it right at the top of the list because it's not long to go until that happens. And it's based in Ettington, which is ideally placed. It's easy to get to from Oxford. It's just outside Stratford-on-Avon. Leamington Spa, Worcester. If you're in the sort of south end of Birmingham or the Midlands, you can get there really quickly as well. Northampton, it's like less than an hour. It's really, really central. So a good venue for that for a weekday evening. 9th of February then, 5 till 10 p.m. Come along, have a a coffee. Uh, And a non-alcoholic beer, like James said. Spoken like a true millennial, I think they're James. Non-alcoholic beer. I'm not sure (laughs) if I'm converted. I'm starting to enjoy this, you know, being able to enjoy really nice tasting beer because I've come on quite a long way and not, and, you know, still being able to drive home. Um, as much alcohol and non-alcoholic beer is the reason a, a, a slice of bread or a, or a ripe banana. There you go. I'm not, <laughs> you're not the only one full of useful, useless facts, Wayne. <laughs> there you go. Fantastic. Caffeine and Mission, don't worry, we're not going to be doing any talks on the evening or anything. You don't have to listen to us. Caffeine <laughs> and Machine is going to be full of cool people. So get down there, 9th of February, jc.org.uk for all the details. And that's not all for the young Jaguar enthusiast in 2023 because it's another opportunity to drive those cars you could only dream about at Bista Heritage in April. So, Andy, this was a massive success last year. We went down to Bister Heritage. We took our cars down there. We handed the keys over to a bunch of enthusiastic and excited youths, and they uh, they thrashed our cars around the circuit for, for a day. It was great fun. I'm not quite sure who was smiling the most, uh, the, the kids that drove our cars or those of us who sat in the passenger seat next to them instructing them. I think equal fun on both sides, really, but uh, it was a great success. So we're going to do it again, aren't we? Well, they, they said it couldn't be done, Wayne. Well, we did it. We did it. Uh, and we did have absolutely fantastic feedback, which is why I really wanted to do it again. Um, and, and, and that's a really good point, actually. I don't know had, who had more fun, the youngsters driving the cars or us watching their reactions uh, to driving the cars. Um, and we had everything there, you know, a big shout out to Andrew Maynard for his XKRS GT, to all the Swallows boys who arrived dri- driving all the race cars from Swallows, to Jeff Johnson with the XK150, to Hero ERA, who supplied not only the catering, but... Uh, a lovely red E-Type Roadster. Um, it was just fantastic. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, Brian Pallet, Ray Ingman, uh, Richard West. I mean, everybody was there. And, and it was just fantastic to see the youngsters take cars out on, out on a track in a controlled environment where they wouldn't normally be able to drive the cars. And, um, and yes, because of the feedback, we're doing it again. I have got more cars this time. I have got different cars, um, and it'll go on sale hopefully within the next week or two. And again, all the details are on our website. And I can't wait to do it again, Wayne. So if there's a younger member listening to this and they're thinking, hang on a minute, did I just hear that right? You're going to let me drive a member's XK150 round Bista Heritage's proving track? What? No, surely not. How does that exactly. work? So explain how it works, Andy. Exactly, Wayne. So that that's what we are doing. 
Um, and, the, the, you know, I, I came up with the idea a while ago, but obviously it's very complex in terms of uh, getting the cars and insurance and all the rest of it. But on the 2nd of April, um, there'll be two sessions. There'll be a morning session, there'll be an afternoon session. And basically, uh, people can buy a morning session, they can buy an afternoon session. And within that session, they will drive a minimum of four cars um, around the track at Bista, and it is a driving experience. It is not a track experience. So there will not be track speeds. It is carefully controlled, um, and it is for those people between 18 and 35. I will have a total of 16 experiences in the morning, 16 experiences in the afternoon. So 32 places up for grabs, Wayne. Fantastic. And I was uh, very pleased to be instructing some of the youngsters in the XF Sport Break at the club's own car. They had a great time in that, seeing what a sort of everyday usable Jaguar that you could just use as your daily driver, how exciting that was actually to drive and what the Jaguar experience was like. And of course, also, what we were then able to do is take those youngsters out of those cars at the end of one of their sessions and walk them over to Peter James and say, look, guys, You've driven the car, it's actually more affordable than you thought it was, and even more exciting than that, because you're in the JEC, these guys will talk to you about how you can insure it as well, which is something that you don't get access to outside of the club, or you like you have to be a millionaire or something to afford the insurance on some of these cars. So it's all about encouraging younger generations into the club, but also breaking down some of the myths. Someone asked me about my car, and I was not there in a Jaguar, I have to say, it was a triumph. I'll just whisper that. Uh, but someone said, oh, you know, I, I'd love one of these cars, but I'll never be able to afford one. And when I asked them what they had as their daily driver, it turned out that you could have bought four of my cars for what they drive as a daily car. They had this perception that it was unobtainable and actually what we did there was break down some of those barriers and dispel some of those myths so it was really good fun yeah and also on the on the day i mean that the the event was sponsored by bourne's classic car specialists and they do the appraisals of anybody looking to buy a car so big thanks to bourne's um as well and, and darren gilling there um so yeah really looking forward to it this year wayne and i'm working hard now to uh to get more cars and uh, more diversity of cars as well. There will be one feature missing from it this year. I won't be doing the uh, technical demonstration on how to reattach an Aston Martin DB6 axle back to its mounting points live on the side of the circuit. Uh, I'm afraid I can't do that again. That was a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to see that, uh, but I'm sure something else will break that I'll have to fix at some point during the day. So uh, lots of excitement to come. Uh, all the details on that, as Andy says, can be found on the website at jc.org.uk just click the events button there and you can book your session morning afternoon both if you like and you can come along and drive the jaguar of your dreams it's good fun day out as well for everyone bit of catering there thrown in as well uh now talking of tracks and uh, having the days of your dreams let's bring colin in now because track sport started in earnest last year with its debut season and we started off at Mallory Park and we went through to Castle Coombe uh, and uh, Harewood Hill Climb, of course, as well. Uh, this year, there's an extra date in the track sport calendar. Uh, we have a Castle Coombe starting us off in April. Uh, then we are off to Harewood Hill Climb. We've also got Thruxton on the calendar as well and Blyton Park up in Lincolnshire, which is a fantastic circuit if you're just starting out. So... Colin, how did you come about this programme for this year? How did you choose the circuits? What can we expect? 
Well, I mean, basically now, when we've got a couple of cornerstones, um, I don't know if that makes sense to have two cornerstones, but um, we've got two cornerstones in the in the calendar. I think they call that um, a hairpin, don't they, Colin? <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs> a tire wall. Um, <laughs> uh, Castle Castlecombe uh, we've used for for years, and and the reason we use Castlecombe, but, but perhaps people don't understand why we keep going back to Castlecombe. The Castlecombe is simply the best circuit for the value of the money that they give us. And we want to keep our track days affordable and there is nowhere in the country that gives us the value that Castle Coombe does. So um, if if people are wondering why we keep going back to Castle Coombe, A, it's a fantastic historic circuit and, and B, they give us great value. So, you know, that, those are really good reasons. It is one of the circuits that is the most thrilling when you get it right especially because there's some really technical bits on it that you can learn from the instructors and if you come along to a track sport event and i really hope that we can convince you to come along and give it a go do jump in the car with one of our ARDS instructors ray ingman will show you how to do this and there's a section just after the pit straight called avon rise and you go up over a hill it sort of squiggles to the left and then to a right double apex corner and you have to get your braking dead on so that you don't lock the brakes in mid-air as you come over the rise but you don't want to scrub too much speed off before you get there because then the corner's all a bit clumsy and when you get it right avon rise and the corner that follows it which whose name i can't remember now um it is a fantastic circuit and it's that quarry, it's that f- quarry that's the one of course it is uh, it is a feeling that is just amazing isn't it when you get that set of corners right there and the great thing about track sport is you don't get left to your own devices you actually get taught how to get it right and get the most out of your car yeah, Ray and, um, and and Tim that helped us out, um, our art instructors at Castlecombe last year, you know, they, these are highly experienced guys, um, you know, great instructors, and they will teach you to get the most out uh, of your car and get the most out of the, the day. And um, they both know Castlecombe very, very well. You know, they've they've driven and raced there themselves for, for years. And so, you know, that they'll really, really help you along. Um, they're very friendly. They, they don't bite. Um, what I would say about Castlecombe is that the tickets are, have been selling very, very quickly. We put them on sale um, just before Christmas and uh, it's 60% full already. So um, the early bird... Uh, offer runs out at the end of February so I think um, if you're thinking about coming to Castle Coombe on the 25th of April then you need to get a shake on it and, and get your ticket bought. I think that applies to all of the track sports dates in the calendar actually because of course the next one then in June is Harewood Hill Climb and yep. uh, this is a phenomenal place this isn't a race circuit this is a hill climb where they do hill climb and sprints it is one of the national championship uh, venues it is the longest hill climb in the uk and it's also one of the only ones that starts going downhill really informal day though isn't it uh, colin harewood and it's kind of like half picnic half track day isn't it and you're on there on your own that's the unique thing about the hill climb you're on, yeah, on your own a- and you're and you're driving against yourself if you like 
Yeah, it is amazing. It is amazing, Wayne. You know what? One of the things I really like about Harewood is that, is that section where you go through the farmyard. There's something quite wrong about planting your foot right through a, a farmyard. <laughs> it's, it's, it is quite bizarre, um, but 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 great fun at the same time. And Harewood uh, Harewood was tremendous. You know, we had we had good weather last year. Fantastic views across the um, the Wharf Valley there, uh, and and quite uh, quite rightly as you say, when pe- people picnicking up on top of the hill there, and and it's it's a real special place, you know, and and that's why you know we're, we're going back there for for the third time, and uh, it, it is becoming a, a pillar of our calendar, you know. Amazing views across the landscape, even more amazing views on track because especially last year we had a 420g full sideways opposite lock out of the farmyard yep. up the hill it was amazing and everyone just having real real fun and you know throwing the cars about with no problems and issues whatsoever no damage done no problems it was all great yeah and that's that's uh, a saturday that's um on the 8th of july um so hopefully we'll get we'll get good weather again there in the in the middle of summer fantastic 8th of july that is harewood hill climb our next track sport event in the calendar Uh, you can find all of these online of course at jc.org.uk don't forget the event section there Uh, they're actually tagged as well so if you click on the events button uh, you can see the little tags the little icons there click track sport and that narrows it all down for you so you can see them all at a glance so uh Castle Coombe starts us off 25th of April, then we're at Harewood Hill Climb 8th of July, and next in August, the 3rd of August, in fact, is Blyton Park in Lincolnshire. Now this, Colin, is an ideal track if you're a beginner, if you've never done a track day before, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I think you once said that um, if you went off track there, then you'd run out of fuel before um, <laughs> you hit anything. And I, I think you're actually right, right there, uh, Wayne. For, for people that don't know Blyton Park, it, it's it's probably one of the um, uh, least least known circuits in the UK. Um, it's it's owned by Janetta Cars, and Janetta are a great company. Um, you know, they produce some fantastic race cars. They started in 1958. And a guy called Lawrence Tomlinson took them over in 2005. And, and what Lawrence has done um, there, he, he bought the, the track in 2011 and he's turned it into a really, really good test circuit. You know, they, they test out some of the best racing cars in the world on that track. You know, they, uh, Janetta now produce Le Mans prototypes. Um, and also, um, they have the Janetta Juniors, um, where people like Lando Norris come out of into formula one um and uh, you know that they hone their skills on on this track so it, it's not it's not a track um you know uh, to be sniffing at if you if you like it, it's a very deceptively quick and technical circuit 1.6 miles they have a cafe there um banked viewing area so people can can watch the cars go around you can see the whole of the track um it's it's a fantastic setup it really is and actually very easy to get to if you think Blyton Park near Gainsborough is a long way away by the time you've headed up to Lincoln and you got round Lincoln and it's it's really easy and you can get there really quickly one of those roads that doesn't really get sort of snarled up much really so uh, from from the Midlands you're a couple of hours and you're there so um, really easy to get to it's not as 
too far up north as you might think, Blyton Park. Uh, so that is available to book now on the website. And then the final date then, Colin, is Thruxton, which is a new track for the JEC. We've never been there before with a track day at least, uh, although it is a popular venue on the uh, the racing uh, uh, calendar of old. Uh, but Thruxton, I can't say I've ever been there. I don't think I've ever driven it. I could be wrong, but uh, it's a new one on me. Yeah, I mean, Thruxton, Thruxton is, is a very, very quick circuit. Um, it's, it's the quickest circuit in the UK, although it doesn't really have a straight on it. They're, they're just very, very long, fast sweeping corners. But we're going to do something absolutely completely different at Thruxton, something that we've never done before. This isn't a track day in the real sense. It's more of a skills day. It's more of an experience. You're going to learn to drive a car like you've never driven a car before. So first of all, we're going to, it's limited to 40 people, 40 people only on this day. Um, You're going to do a skid pan. So you'll take your own car on a skid pan. Thruxton has one of the biggest skid pans in the country. It's very, very safe. It's got a large area around it. You can't hit anything. Um, And the skid pan is where you're going to actually learn to control your car. Um, You know, these are real skills that, you know, you're out, you're out on a, on a, on a country road full full of wet leaves and this could actually save your life, you know? So it's a really good skill to learn. Uh, Followed by the skid skid pan, uh, Thruxton have one of the biggest karting circuits in the country. Um, it's 11, uh, 1100 meter long circuit, uh, and they have some superb carts there, thunder carts. And so you'll get to do karting, um, and then, uh, onto four by four off-roading, uh, Thruxton have uh, a fleet of Land Rovers and their own off-road course. So you'll do off-roading. Um, and then we've got a car park area that's going to be coned out um, again in your own car to do an auto solo test. Um, auto solo, if you don't know, you know, is weaving uh, in and out and around cones um, uh, over a set course. Uh, so you'll be able to have a few goes at that. And then, um, you know, to finish off, you'll be going on track with an instructor um, taking one of Thruxton's very own F-types. They, they've got a couple of F-types of their own down there. And uh, you'll be taking those out on track and, and experiencing what it's like to drive an F-type around the quickest track in the country. So five different disciplines uh, over the course of the day, you'll be moving around in groups. It will be the most fantastic experience. Uh, the price that we've put together with Thruxton for this is way below what you'd get uh, on an experience day of this type anywhere else. It's a great package and it's going to be launched on the JC website uh, at the weekend. Right, I'm not going to tell you where you can buy tickets for Thruxton at all because I'm going to make sure I'm booked on first because I do not want to miss out on that. That is an amazing opportunity. Uh, just incredible things that you can do with this club, isn't it? Amazing. Jaguar Enthusiast Club at Thruxton, giving you the opportunity to do all disciplines of motoring and motorsport. Amazing. So uh, you can form an orderly queue, but behind me. Thank you very much. I'm first. I'm definitely going to be booking that. Uh, tickets go on sale very, very soon. As Colin says, we'll announce that through Friday Spotlight and in the magazine and all the other channels, social media, and on this podcast, of course, as well. 
And if you're listening to Colin talking about auto tests and auto solos and thinking, I've got an X300 XJ6, that'll never do an auto solo. Well, let me tell you, sat behind me on the shelf, if I'm allowed to uh, to brag a little bit for a moment here on the podcast, is a rather nice silver trophy that I won when I won an auto solo championship in my X300 XJ6. And I was up against nimble little 60 sports cars and I won six cylinder class. So XJ6s can do it. And if they can do it, all the other Jags can do it because I think they're pretty much the longest wheelbase you can get. Uh, it wasn't like, you know, long wheelbase Daimler double six territory. It was just an X300, but it won all the same. And I was always proud of it for that so uh, regardless of what jaguar you have get involved in track sport is my message because everything's welcome you'll find your slot on the track sport program and you'll feel safe under our instruction and guidance while you're doing it so really good stuff get yourself booked on now and of course again you are fully insured as long as you uh, shout up the jc club insurance via peter james they have agreed to insure all of the vehicles on our track sport events this year they won't insure you for any other track days only our track sport events that's how good they are so you can make sure that your jaguar is protected by insuring it through the jaguar enthusiast club insurance scheme which is excellent news as well i mean just an amazing program of events richard already from the events team that we've heard already i mean we haven't even got on to the tours that we covered with kieran in a previous episode ian's going to tell us now about the regions but I mean, what, what more do you want, I think? Yeah, it's it's what you said earlier and we were talking about when you asked me that first question. <clears throat> As you can see from the effort that Colin and his team has made and what Rianne, uh, for those of you who not met Rianne, it's Rianne Parker and her team of girls back in the office. Rihanna's club manager oversees all of these and is responsible for allocating resources, transportation, booking, accommodation. And it's an incredibly busy year for her and, and the girls with her as well, because putting this together is no mean feat, as this programme is showing. But there is a taster, Wayne, and we got carried away when you asked me a question earlier. You said, tell us what's happening in 23 and maybe even beyond. And I think it's worth adding in here just to give you an idea or our listeners an idea of the amount of planning time required, you know, to put these events together. I'm just going to put the teaser out there that uh, there is a festival return next year we're working on. I've explained why no festival this year, but for next year being our 40th, just put a little pencil line through the sort of middle of July because courtesy of our general manager, James Blackwell, James has come up with a fantastic concept for putting together a three-day festival next year. Uh, and there will be much to celebrate there. So this year, many of these events, as I say, in these slightly tighter economic times are there to tickle everybody's taste buds and give you lots of unique experiences, as Collins just described with the Thruxton package. But for those of you that like the big three days, next July, hold your breath because there's something very, very special coming. Ooh, nice tease there for next year. Very good stuff. And uh, she has been sat very quietly on the call. Let's uh, talk to Rianne because uh, you are the engine behind the booking machine that is the JC Events Programme in 2023. And I guess the idea here is that whilst we've taken over an hour to go through all of these amazing events already because there is just so much in the calendar you have worked very hard to make this a really easy booking process haven't you yeah i mean that's that's the key element for all of us is that at the heart of everything we do it's the member and what's easy for them and what they're going to get out of it so a big thing for me is that the journey from seeing what we're doing booking it and then being at the event 
is seamless and that it's very straightforward and simple for them. So, so yeah, it, it, it takes some time, it takes some planning, but the, uh, the general idea is that, you know, it, it has to be for our member and what they get from it. So yeah, it does take some time, but we get there and, uh, and yeah, so it'd be really good. Absolutely. And if you are at all apprehensive or nervous about coming to any of these events, don't be. You do really brilliantly get looked after by the team. And I know a lot of people have sort of worries about what the road's like to get to venues. Where are the toilets? Are the toilets? How many of them are there? What food's laid on? Is it going to rain? Rianne, you're the person who smooths everything over, aren't you, and makes everything fine and makes it accessible for us all. Yeah, 100%. And that's what I said you know, for us, for when we're looking at events, the personal thing for me and the first thing that I think of is when we're looking and thinking about events is the member and what they're going to get from it. Um, so, yeah, making it very simple, very straightforward, making sure they've got all the facilities and everything they need on site um, so that, you know, they have the they have the best day and they walk away from it having the best experience that they possibly can and they talk about it. Um, you know, that is the best form of advertising for us as a club. It's word of mouth. Um, you know, our club is somewhere that you don't have to be a member. It, it's it's their, you know, they choose to do that. So, you know, it's very important for us that we put on a great event, something that they really love, and they walk away happy and they're talking about it. And, you know, they kind of put a little pencil in the uh, the diary for the following year so that they could kind of mark that in thinking, you know, I'd really love to do that for next year as well. Um, and they bring all their friends and their family. So. Yeah, absolutely. And talking of friends, we've seen it over the last uh, couple of years where people have been away in lockdowns. We weren't able to run our events as we would have liked, but now we're all back to normal again. And you can see those friendships, those bonds between those regular attendees at events all coming back stronger than ever, can't you? Yeah, 100%. You know, that, that's the biggest thing for us. It's, it's a family and everybody gets together because everybody's got the same thing in common. You know, they're all there for the same thing. So, um, yeah, seeing, you know, people seeing each other that they haven't seen for years and catching up and, yeah, that's really, really lovely. And she would never say it herself, Rianne, but like all family members, she always reacts well if you greet her with flowers, chocolates or even gin. So uh, you can bring any of those to any <laughs> of our events. Always partial to a gin. <laughs> and she, she'll be very, very <laughs> <Absolutely>. grateful. <laughs> and, and you might even get in the front of the queue for the next load of tickets. No, it doesn't work like that, honest. We don't do bribery here at the JEC. Absolutely not. <laughs> but uh, uh, great to uh, have you on uh, and uh, just to hear a little bit more about behind the scenes at the uh, offices in Bristol there and the team that goes into really making these events uh, work well for our members and uh, to give them some amazing experiences in Jaguars. And uh, experiences are national, but they're also at a local level, of course, as well, with our many regions across not just the UK, but the world as well here on the uh, global family of the Jaguar Enthusiast Club. And Ian Newman is the man who oversees things for the regions, advises them and helps them out and quite aside from all of the big national events that we've been discussing over the past hour and there's a huge network of regional and local events as well isn't there absolutely wayne and one of the things that i would urge anyone who's a member of the club or even if you're not a member of the club and you want to just try and and go along and hopefully we'll convince you to join the jaguar enthusiast club there's a network of local regions across the uk and across the world who provide a, a fantastic range of different activities for people to go along to and to enjoy. They might include things like 
speaker evenings, they might include socials, they might be some technical information. There's also opportunities just to find out about what cars that other people have. So again, if you haven't got a Jaguar or you're thinking of buying a different Jaguar, it's a really good idea just to ask people who've got the car that you're interested in about about things. There's a variety, as I say, of, of club nights. There's some breakfast meets that are organised, some lunches. Um, my own region, we all have a programme of, of Sunday lunches that are organised by um, some amazing people who all dedicate their time voluntarily to put on this range of events for, for people locally. And I'd just really like to say on behalf of the club, a massive thank you to anyone who is on a regional committee for all the work that you do in providing a fantastic range of activities. Also to the team of regional ambassadors who provide a, a great support as the first port of call for any local region um, to just ask questions or, or get some help. And indeed also to Carol Abbott, who puts all of the information into the back of the magazine of all the different regional reports that she receives. So if you're interested in any of the um, smaller events um, or even some of the larger regional events that are organised, there's ways in which you can do that. You can find that out by going through the regional pages of the magazine. You can find that out also on the website and the series of events are listed on the website as indeed you can go to the region section and you can find a region that is hopefully fairly close to you. And you can also, if you are connected with your local region, they will have, it might be a newsletter, it might be an email update, it might be um, through a WhatsApp group. There are lots of different ways in which the regions will connect with people. And the whole point of it is to, to feel welcome. And that's certainly what um, we want to do. We want to welcome people along. We want to provide you with a, a much greater experience of, of what there is. When you were asking earlier around what more do you want, and we've got a fantastic range of events in the calendar, what more do you want? Well, lots of things that are going on very, very close to you. Absolutely. And the best way to navigate to these, by the way, because the great thing about the JEC is that whilst these are regional events for events in your area, most of the time those regions will, of course, throw open their doors and invite everyone from across the country to come and join them as well, especially with the Zoom talks. And I mean, we had the Oxfordshire region do two amazing sessions with uh, uh, Stuart Rolt and John Watson last year that was open to everyone in the country. So if you fancy popping along to maybe a neighbouring region or if there's something that takes your fancy, have a look on the events tab. Let me talk you through it. Go to jc.org.uk, click events and scroll down past the sort of top row of events there, the featured events, and you'll see a group of icons, and the second one along is called Regions. Click that, and you get a whole page to view of all of the regional events happening across the UK that you could get involved with. And if it isn't in your region, drop them a note, drop them an email, and I'm sure they'll be uh, really open and welcoming to you coming as an individual, perhaps a bit of a raid from a local region going across the border into a neighbouring area. And uh, it's about that collaboration between regions as well isn't it Ian? Absolutely and there are a number of regions that do work very closely together and they will have joint events 
and they will organise events themselves and invite neighbouring regions to take part. And I'll just give um, some examples as well of in previous times, um, my own region, we've gone along to Simply Jaguar at Bewley for many, many years. And again, just to say it's a fantastic event if you want to come as an individual, if you want to come as a region, it's uh, an amazing thing to do. And it's so much better when you go with another group of people. So that's why, again, we can link in and go as a, as a region to that event. Similarly, with the Bromley Pageant of Motoring, I know it's something that the Kent region have been to in the past and have had a, um, a fairly large stand. My own region, West Sussex, we've been for a number of years, um, but we have just only gone just as local regions. So this is an opportunity this year for Bromley to have the, the, the to under the auspices of the of the club to encourage people from from elsewhere to to take part. So it's thinking about the 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 nationally the club wide events there's opportunities for you to just get involved just also mentioning our international regions as well there's a fantastic range of events that are are organized and you'll see some of the reports in the the magazine of some of our international regions what they get up to how they organize their things um it, it's just uh, amazing and if you are traveling to uh, another country why not get in touch with that region uh, over there or if you're traveling uh, in the UK and you live in the UK or if you live in another country you're coming to the UK you can actually construct a, a holiday around the different regions and activities that are, are going on what better way to ensure that you have a, a great use of your Jaguar and get to know some really nice people into the process Absolutely. And just looking down the list here, there's some real highlights for 2023 to come from the regions. There's a Shropshire group up at uh, Ludlow Racecourse, uh, Wessex, your group in at Parham, uh, Dorset and Somerset, Sherbourne. Uh, there's Cape Thorn, I think it is. There's loads up there. Have a look at them. And then, of course, there's all the uh, uh, national events that have a kind of regional twist to them that we haven't mentioned, like, of course, the big one, Drive It Day, raising money for the NSPCC and Childline uh, under the auspices, of course, of the Federation of British Historic Vehicle Clubs. Loads of JEC regions uh, heading out, often for the first time in the season, to celebrate National Drive It Day, the National Awareness Day for the uh, historic vehicle community. Uh, so lots of stuff to look at there. We didn't even mention Silverstone Classic, which is happening, and it isn't called Silverstone Classic anymore. It's now called the Silverstone Festival because there's like loads of food stalls now and stuff like that. Uh, it's kind of gone a bit more family orientated. It's heading for bank holiday once again, August bank holiday weekend. And if you want the best seats in the house, it's the JEC that can give you them because we have our amazing parking area on the inside of the uh, Cops Bank in there. So you can join us there. The discount codes and the booking codes are all available in Jaguar Enthusiast magazine or on the website once you've logged in so much more i could tell you you'll have to go and find it for yourself though at jc.org.uk under the events tab there from me wayne scott that just about draws our events preview for 2023 to a close all's left for me to do is to say thank you to our amazing team so all together say cheerio goodbye team <laughs> bye. 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 bye 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 
That's all for this episode of the Jaguar Enthusiast Club podcast. Don't forget to keep in touch with us here on the JEC podcast via www.jecpodcast.com. And you can get in touch with us very easily by using the voice recorder on there to leave us a message, or you can use the contact form if you prefer to write your messages. Don't forget, you can also join the Jaguar Enthusiast Club online by clicking the Join Today button on the top right-hand corner of the podcast page to enjoy all the benefits, plus the fantastic, glossy, 130-page monthly magazine that's all included in your membership of the worldwide Jaguar family that is the JEC. This is the Jaguar Enthusiasts Club podcast. Subscribe for new episodes at jecpodcast.com.